on this, perhaps the final edition of the Unleashed Cast Focus Chats, me and Dan talk about mask mandates, payroll tech errors, and more. Don't worry, Unleashed Cast isn't going anywhere, so do sit back and enjoy. Welcoming back Dan Richardson, our HR tech and HR transformation, as it's going to be called on the stage in Unleashed World, happening in 12th of October. Get the plug up there. Get the plug in up front. Um, and our senior and senior journalist. Uh, how are you doing, Dan? I'm uh, really well, thank you. Yeah, how about yourself? I'm very good. Yes, uh, very good. Uh, we've got lots of exciting stuff coming up and also stuff we've published already. And this is what we're talking about today. Three good stories uh, around the world of HR tech, but not exclusively. Uh, the first one is a large company that I'm sure all of us are very familiar with. who are following the lead of other big companies in the space, Amazon, Walmart, and that's Apple, who have decided to ditch their mask requirements. Um, what do you think about this? Yeah, uh, it's a it's a big one. Uh, the caveat for this being on the HR Tech podcast is Apple is a technology company, so that's that that is our our perfect sweet spot. We swear. Um, I think it's it's really interesting because Apple have been quite. For an innovative company, they've been quite slow with things like hybrid work, um, shifting, yeah, basically shifting to remote work and then coming back to the office and really deciding what they want to do with the office. So that's all in limbo, which is why I was kind of surprised they've already made a decision on masks. It it makes it makes sense, um, or maybe rather than make sense, I'm not surprised. Um, COVID numbers of. Or, or maybe COVID attention. I'm not, I couldn't speak about the numbers per se. It has certainly dwindled. And I, I think part of that is people are ready to em- embrace what was normality or something close to it. And I think that's the main reason why Apple have, have made that call. Um, for better or worse, you hope for better. Um, but like I said, without the numbers to hand, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, I think uh, Apple has the advantage of many many of its staff being able to work remotely and hybrid so the mask mandate either way isn't going to make that much of a difference but it is good in terms of how we perceive the direction of uh covid going and it's uh, like you say it's following other large companies in the space interestingly a friend of mine who works in tv and film uh is a grip and he, he's been working on shows for netflix and stuff like that and he's saying it's all still totally masks on very rigorous and you think well it depends what's at stake doesn't it you don't want a production at incredible cost to be shut down so you want to do everything you can to uh, provide the regulations and the safety uh, so that filming can continue whereas with a company where you don't necessarily need so many people in close contact it's a lot easier to kind of lift these mandates i think yeah, and I think their their real debate is, I guess, and I think this was really the latter half of the article is they originally wanted everyone back in the office, sort of ASAP, and that's not worked out, and people have pushed back, and I think that's where it's really insightful is where oh, taking the masks might be a bigger deal if you didn't have any, a huge amount of employees who are like actually I can just work from home anyway. Yeah, I think I think um, despite protestations from a lot of companies, I think we know that it's it's going one way, and I would. Uh, say the right way personally um moving on to the next story uh, you published a really good piece about payroll problems to, and and what you can do about them uh essentially this is off the back of a few high profile foobars 
or yeah. cock-ups or however you want to put it from large companies. What's been happening here, Dan? Yeah, so it's been it's been surprising and interesting. So we've had Asda, um, who have a lot of frontline workers. That was kind of the first story that kicked off this saga of payroll issues. Um, with them, they, they underpaid some staff by up to £500. Obviously, if you're earning minimum wage or close to minimum wage, that's a significant amount of money. And a lot of staff had said, oh, I have to go to food banks now because my benefits, that was also claiming on the, you know, on top of my part-time work, have been messed up and they're out of whack. Um, out of whack's probably not the correct term, but you know what I mean. So yeah, that was a, a real high profile issue that affect thousands of employees. Next have now had a similar thing, not quite the same amounts, but about 250 pounds has been missing from you know certain employees' paychecks. Um, and at EY, so a completely different, not front-facing company, actually paid all their staff well not and then withdrew the money that they paid them a week later because of an accounting error and 55,000 people were like where have my wages gone uh which as you can imagine if you have a bill um yeah wait and it's not going to be too I don't think anyone would believe you if you said I got paid but the money just disappeared um they think oh you've gone to the pub or had an absolutely outrageous weekend um so yeah it it all seems to be kicking off. Interestingly, though, it's all different issues. So all of these payroll issues, there's no commonality where it's like, oh, this payroll provider is causing a huge mess up. It's incidents within each organization. Um, and that's why we want to speak to some professionals, really, and, and see how everyone can shore up their payroll um, if it's such a common problem. I don't want to give too much away, but I, th- I think what I found interesting is there's a lot of talk about real-time everything. So real-time analytics into, oh, is there a problem with our system? Is that, you know, something acting, I guess, non-compliantly? Then the other side is real-time cash payment. So, oh, there's been a mistake, but we can rectify it quickly. So you've got two approaches there, the proactive and the pragmatic. But as long as as you get get the meaning. But I I think the the maybe one, the tidbit I'd give, the tidbit I would give for the podcast that we didn't really touch on in the article is actually visualizing your real-time data and your real-time situation. So it's not saying I have all this data and look, everything's going wrong. It's being able to clearly see who's been affected, what's the scale, and then you can essentially message uh, and communicate properly. That was a huge waffle. It is a huge piece. I hope that justifies the (laughs) five minutes. Very much. Completely. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a lengthy analysis piece. Uh, You've got some really good quotes and some really good input from other people, um, but it's an issue that is clearly very important right now, based off the the experiences of some large companies, uh, you know, uh, having a few problems. A lot of the problems are kind of technology related. So the first port of call, obviously, and the point you make in the piece is that uh, you've you've got to sort the technology out and the investment and, and make sure it's right you know, um, but these things happen, but hopefully with less frequency in future. We're going to finish uh, similarly. We're going to finish similarly to where we did on the last talent focus, actually, which is a really positive piece about another big financial giant. Uh, This time it's Lloyd's. Um, Lloyd's saying diversity is immeasurably valuable. Just as a general point, I'm going to say what I said before, which is I think it's really, really great that um, these large 
finance companies are really are, are leading the way with so many positive steps for their workforce, taking, um, trying to improve diversity in their sectors, um, putting money in people's pockets to stem the tide of attrition and the tide of layoffs and things like that. Great to see, you know, maybe it's easier for bigger companies who've got the, the, the people to devote to wrapping their head around these initiatives than it is smaller companies. But then you would say the flip side of that might be that smaller companies find it easier to kind of pivot and change their minds and implement these things without going through so many layers of uh, sign off and compliance and whatever. But either way, uh, what Lloyd's are doing here is great, I think. Yeah, and no, it was, it's really good to, so with the nature of HR news is a lot of it's quite negative, especially with kind of recession stuff looming. You know, we often talk about oh, so, such and such is doing hiring freezes, but it's quite nice to see money being invested um, in areas where it needs to be as well. So Lloyd's of Lloyd's Bank, this is, um, have always had quite ambitious diversity goals. I think it'd be fair to say they want uh, 50% of senior roles to be filled by women. They also have a lot of ethnic minority um, programs to, to basically create career paths, not just hires, you know, that, that don't work out or whatnot. So we, we caught up with uh, Gareth Dickey, who is the lead product owner for ServiceNow at Lloyd's. So he obviously has a lot of ideas of how ServiceNow can act as sort of like a, a HEM and, and really manage people. Uh, but what I found really interesting is how it ties a lot of his programs together and a lot of what he's working with other people on. So the first thing we kind of touched on when we, when we spoke was next gen. That's what he's doing with ServiceNow, which is career paths for, for diverse employees, which is incredibly essential. But again, it comes to career paths. It's saying once you finish, uh, I think it was 16, 16 weeks as the program, the, the goal is that you'd be hired, not that you've just done a 16-week thing. Oh, it wasn't for you. Okay, we'll, we'll leave you there. And his perspective on that was, especially when it comes to stuff like UX, it's great to get more diverse opinion always it's like there's kind of no question there it's you know you want the variety of opinion because not everybody looks at things the same i mean i'm looking at one of our articles on my second screen over here now and i'm like yeah it would be nice to get someone else's opinion on what would make this look really flashy and cool um so yeah he, he raised a lot of good points a lot of cool stuff um like code clan code 4000 just really great training implemented together reaches a right a wider audience that can then get into not only tech um but finance as well which i think it'd be fair to say both historically have maybe not been the most open armed so um yeah i really love this one i love a good happy story it's not quite like anchorman when he's got uh, the squirrel on the jet ski and he's like oh look at that squirrel but that's our our business to business equivalent <laughs> just good news. well we can try that's what we're going for yeah. that's what we're driving towards stories about squirrels on jet skis but this is part of the way there yeah. but yeah uh, just just uh, great to see also um picking up on the fact that they work with code 4000 in training prisoners as well following um the great examples of companies the obvious example in the uk at least being timpson who um are, are brilliant at you know providing uh people who are coming back into society with jobs which i think is really great great thing so uh yes three uh three good pieces there we've got plenty more to come unleash world uh, I'll say it again. It's happening 12th and 13th. 
of October uh, at the Paris Convention Centre. A lot of our content is going to be driving towards that. The speakers, uh, the contributors, uh, the analysts and influencers who make up that event, which is only 10 weeks or so away. So look out for more really good HR tech content. But for now, Dan, thank you very much. Thank you, John. Catch you soon.